You're listening to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast uh, deconstructing the Karate Kid universe minutes at a time, <laughs> or, or episodes at a time, as we did with the Cobra Kai. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break, uh, but we're coming back with a special episode uh, talking all about... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We should introduce ourselves. Uh, you're Matt. <laughs> I am Matt. You're Robin. I am Robin. <laughs> uh, just in case people forgot who we were, I have no idea. Yeah. You know. Uh, so uh, we, I, I recently had an experience, and I needed to share it with you. Uh, you had an electrifying experience. And it, yes, it was. It was. It, it was a, a experience that made me just want to shout bonsai at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I went to uh, New York City with a you know a, a, a past co-host, guest host, uh, Sensei Kim. Uh, we went down to New York City and uh, we got we went to the book signing. Uh, boy, now it's like almost two months ago. We're, I'm really a delinquent on the the podcasting, <laughs> but uh, to uh, meet uh, Ralph Macchio because he was signing his book. Uh, waxing on the Karate Kid and me. How did it take him this long to write a book? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's like, "Hey, it's yeah. this is the time." <laughs> I, I guess he's probably just come to terms with it. With it, like he's probably been trying to avoid it up till now. I mean, really, it's uh, it, it. A lot of this book seems to uh, you know, illustrate that he's been just in a funk and then Cobra Kai came along like he like he was really appreciative but he also was like I'm also I also want to do other things mm -hmm. but then kind of Cobra Kai uh won him over the pitch of it at all and he's kind of back in the LaRusso swing of things yeah he's um, reinvigorated that's good he's reinvigorated yeah I mean after Pat died it seemed like he was like yeah but why yeah <laughs> you know yeah and you'd get like uh hilarious pitch after hilarious pitch i i i i read the book and that's actually what's taken me so long uh because i don't You're not a reader i'm not a reader <laughs> no <laughs> uh and, no audiobook and I, version uh, i think there is yes yeah there is one that's in uh ralph's ralph did, did it himself uh hmm. but i didn't spring for that i mean i had to go get the book itself on the day that it came out, which is, I think it was October 18th. <laughs> if you didn't, you'd be like, can you sign my MP3? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be really funny. <laughs> it, it's funny. Cause I'm asked that all the time. Uh, and I'm what? like, how uh, signing MP3s? Yeah. Cause we're, yeah, the, we're people want you to sign. Uh, yeah. What do you sign for a podcast? podcasts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a whole book signing. It was the 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 day that the book came out, and he was in New York City at Barnes and Noble signing. And uh, I mean, to make a long story short, it was a it was a bit of a long line, uh, mm. but we got inside, and uh, it was it was very short. <laughs> it was very short. It was very quick. Uh, just kind of go up, and I told him about the podcast, and uh, I was like, "You're invited on anytime." Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he, strangely, he didn't commit to anything. He didn't. Oh. Be like, he wasn't like, oh no, no, give me your, give me your number, give me your number. No, it wasn't <laughs> anything like. But he was super nice, and he actually said, "Thanks for doing the podcast," which mm -hmm. you know, 
now I'm good, right? I don't even need to do this, this episode at all. Yeah, exactly. He thanked me. Ralph Macchio thanked me for doing a Karate Kid <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I don't know. Excuse me, Mr. Macchio. It's really nice to meet you. I just wanted to know you to know that I do a podcast about you. Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, uh, I'm sure some people who po- have podcasts based on them are just like, why? Like when I did, <laughs> when I did Fright Night Minute, I talked to uh, a couple people who were in the movie, and they were just like, "Really, Mi- minute by minute, like that's." <laughs> that's but why? Why <laughs> the, old, the old but why dot gif? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God. Uh, There's all so, sorts yeah. of fans. We're just a certain type of fan, right? right. And and we're appreciated. You've confirmed it. We are. I mean, Ralph, Ralph appreciates it. it was, but yeah, it was like, oh God, it was like maybe 30 seconds. And I, that's kind of unfortunate, but still. Yeah. But I have a book signed from him and it has my name in it. And, you know, he wrote my, he's like Robin and then wrote Ralph Macho under it. And mm. uh, it was pretty cool. I was, uh, I was uh, really at like on a, on a super high uh, coming out of that uh, bookstore, just be like, Holy cow. I just met Ralph Macchio. You know, I don't know <laughs> what it is. You know, I'm, I'm middle-aged, but yet, you know, you meet your heroes and the worry is that they're going to be complete jerks, you know? Yeah. But like, I was never happened to you? that line. I mean, not like to heroes, no heroes. Like I've met a couple of people, like I remember meeting uh, the uh, Malachi from Children of the Corn, and I remember him being like kind of like a. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, he was he was yeah, he wasn't day. having a very good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody has a bad day. Even even Ralph Macchio, he does he does actually uh, uh, talk about sometimes like oh did I handle that right you know and just does he does he talk about fan interactions in his book? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what's what's his uh, what's his like philosophy on fan interactions what does he try to do <clears throat> I, I, like just out in the wild i mean unsolicited yeah i mean he tries to be as uh genuine as possible but of course it's like you know if you're like you know walking somewhere and you're doing something and somebody's like karate kid you know yeah. <laughs> like uh, hi you know but um so anyway i read the book uh to give kim credit uh she read it a lot faster than me she poured right through it <laughs> She's what they call a reader, mm-hmm. um, and I am not. I am. I'm, I. I probably. You know. I don't know. I. I could have got the audiobook, but I was just like, I have. I have it here in print. It's such a waste if I bought this and not. Why not both? Read it. Yeah, it's true. I could have done both. <laughs> I could have had. It could have been like um, one of those uh, uh, books that you know you have a little forty-five that you play, and mm-hmm. and it's like when you hear the chime, turn the. Turn the page. Like I could have read along with Ralph if he provided yes. like chimes at every page, but no. Yeah, didn't. but it's only published on record. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have like a list of things that I didn't know or were just like, like fun facts that I wanted to share with you and, mm-hmm. and with our listeners. Uh, oh, wow. So let me just kind of go through these. And these, I, are, and, these are things you discovered about about Ralph and his life that stood out to you. Yeah. And about the movie, because it's mostly about Karate Kid. It, oh, is it? Know, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not a proper biography then. It's, it's all it in the context of Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't, he didn't like, 
start off Linko. You know, I was born a poor boy <laughs> in the streets of Long Island or no, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a little bit of it. Like uh, the first thing I have here is like, he, I, I, I love the fact that he said, he says he watched movies with his mother on WPIX channel 11 growing up and, mm-hmm. uh, and right around six or seven years old, he says his love of movies and storytelling began. And that just hit home for me because uh, that's a channel that I, uh, watched growing. I don't watch cable anymore. I cut the cord, but yeah, that mm. channel's been around for a long time. So what? What uh, year would that have been when he was watching? He's older than you, right? So yeah, he is. He is older than me. Um, boy, I don't know. Uh, maybe late sixties, early seventies. I'd say. Really? Yeah. So that w- that would have been like the the local channel. Like, didn't yeah? Like even when I was a kid in the like the early to mid. 80s like we had three channels was it better right. did you have more than three channels i think it was like a local channel that's funny i don't i don't, I don't know the history of wpix i just know it's been around uh as long as i've lived or as long <laughs> as i've been conscious of channels hmm. um but yeah uh so yeah we we talked a lot about how much nobody loved the title the karate kid yeah um ralph says in the book that he hoped it was a working title And he says he was just happy to be considered to be a lead in a movie from the director of Rocky and that John Avildsen would actually jokingly call it the Karaki kid. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Just because it's like another sports underdog story that he's directing, you know? Oh, I didn't get it at first. Karaki. Karaki kid. I thought he just made up a word. Well, he kind of did, but (laughs) yeah. And and here's a quote in in his words. He says, uh, quote, Personally, I could not get past the fact that this major motion picture script would have such a ridiculous title. I mean, can you imagine if I ever did get this part and the movie hit, I would have to carry this label for the rest of my life, (laughs) 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 which I think is hilarious. Uh, Let's see. Well, we talked about our, 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 our good friend. He doesn't know he's our good friend, but Pat Johnson, uh, the Mm -hmm. mustachioed uh, referee. And of course the, fight coordinator for the movies uh took ralph to a real karate tournament uh to study how it worked in real life that's fun yeah just he didn't put him in it did he (laughs) (laughs) i've got so he walks up like miyagi he's like i'm gonna make a bet with whoever is willing to (laughs) take this actor under their wing Hmm. um but yeah uh they did not incorporate too much of what they learned at the tournament into the movie because daniel and miyagi were uh, outsiders to tournaments Right, uh, but he says he really loved it. He said it was exciting, and uh, he couldn't help but be engrossed in in what he saw there at the tournament. Was it like a kids' tournament? I don't know. It was just a karate tournament. He said, "Yeah." Um, let's see something about developing the character of Daniel Arusso. Uh, how to disappear into the role? He says. Um, for him to become Daniel LaRusso, it was more about embracing the similarities between Ralph and Daniel, but also defining the differences. He says, for example, the similarities, uh, one similarity is uh, Daniel's bravado uh, came from Ralph being the smallest kid in his class and having to defend himself by acting tough and super confident. Uh, mm-hmm. But he says the difference between him and Daniel, he's like, oh yeah, Daniel has more of a temper than Ralph does. Really? And he's like, He's like, if I got beat down at the at the beach, I would just have left well enough alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. Stay <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next fun fact uh, is about the casting of Pat Morita. By the way, I rewatched uh, more than Miyagi 
with uh, Kim and mm-hmm. uh, uh, sorry, Sensei. Um, and uh, she makes she you never, say it, call her this. I mean, not in public. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless I've, I've, uh, you know, I get mad about second place in their parking lot. Then she just like breaks the trophy and grabs me about a throat. Yeah. All right. uh, <laughs> well, if you need to call for help at any time, let me know. Okay, she, good. Will you come honk my girlfriend's nose for me if she gets <laughs> <laughs> honk. I hope she doesn't listen. Um, okay. So yeah, so she, she watched it and. Yeah. Oh God. We were both moved by it. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I highly, highly recommend, uh, recommend it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Pat, his casting, uh, it says his staunch defenders were John Avildsen and casting director, Carol Jones. And, uh, they said, he says, uh, we talked about how producer Jerry Weintraub needed to be convinced. And even after Pat was asked to read with Ralph, Ralph says he couldn't, See Pat is anyone but Arnold from Happy Days. <laughs> that, how, like, how how long had he been had he been on Happy Days, and was he on every episode? Like he was no, he was it was like the first three seasons, and yeah. uh, no, he wasn't. Um, was it the first? But he was that seasons? known for it, or, even though he was like kind of just recurring and not a regular. Mm, I think actually I have it wrong. I, I don't have the fa- happy di- happy days facts in front of me, but maybe yeah. he came in in season three, but I know he only did like a few seasons hmm. uh, before. Yeah. Cause in happy days, Arnold was like a, a mystery, like who's Arnold. And they, hmm. then all of a sudden there was like an episode hmm. where Pat Morita walked in, walked out from the kitchen and huh. you know, white audiences everywhere were stunned and went, Ooh, and ah, to see that it was actually an Asian man. <laughs> it was Arnold. <laughs> Asian people could cook. What? <laughs> um, but yeah, he says uh, uh, when Ralph actually came to read with Pat, you know, as they were considering Pat to be cast, um, he was struck by how serious Pat was taking the role and that there was no trace of Arnold. And Ralph even embarrassed himself because he wanted to talk to Pat about happy days. And Pat was just like smiling and nodding and <laughs> like, okay, that's awesome. Um and uh, yeah, uh, I think I said this on the uh, podcast before, but yeah, at that audition, uh, Pat had the hachimaki, the the headband uh, mm-hmm. that they would end up using in the movie. Uh, he actually had this idea that this was a headband that uh, Miyagi would own. And so they kind of incorporated that into the movie. So, so the headband that Ralph ended up with originally yep. actually belonged to Pat, like just yep. his personal item? Yeah, I guess so. He just brought it in and said, yeah, this would work. Hmm. Uh, what do you think Ralph's favorite line in the movie is? That's putting putting you on the spot, but uh, <laughs> his very favorite line. It's got to be something like something that nobody would think of. <laughs> is it just something like random, like not a famous line? Uh, it's like, I hate this bike, this stupid <laughs> bike. No, it's not that one. <laughs> No, it's actually uh, one of the most sentimental, uh, you know, moments in the movie. You're the best friend it ever had. That's it. That's the one. That's his favorite <laughs> line. Yep. He says, quote, it's one of the purest and most gen- genuine line readings I can ever remember giving as an actor. And even to this day, I look at this as the benchmark for myself in honesty of performance. Hmm. Which, wow. You're just kind of looking back at yourself at like your young 20s and going, but did I hit it as good as that? You know? Yeah. No, that is, is a, that that is one of his uh, best little acting moments. Yeah, that I've seen. He says that the only thing richer was uh, Pat's reading 
uh, right after of, ah, you pretty okay too. <laughs> he says it stands the test of time. And uh, he says it, he, he credits that to the quote, soulful magic he and Pat shared. There's a whole chapter about Pat called soulful magic, his relationship with Pat. Nice. Yeah. I wonder how that scene went on the day they filmed it. Did they have to do a bunch of takes? <laughs> I don't know. Or was it was it so so real that they got it in one? Yeah, I would like. Uh, you know, they did shoot the whole thing. I don't know if you remember back to our yeah. first movie, but the whole thing was shot in rehearsal, and it's on right. John Avildsen's YouTube channel. So, what's that line reading in the rehearsal? Is yeah. it still still good? I would I would love to check it out. I, <laughs> I haven't watched it since way back when we covered that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, did they have the car in rehearsal? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- tell you what, go back to episode yada, yada. <laughs> and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So my next fun fact, prior to doing the Miyagi drunk scene, which, which they all call it, uh, Ralph admits he didn't know anything about Japanese internment camps or that Pat had actually been at two of those camps as a boy. Oh, wow. He, he like learned all about that. Uh, as they were preparing for the scene <laughs> and uh, so did the American uh, education system, try to erase it. <laughs> he says, he says that he doesn't even remember it being taught in his high school. And quite honestly, you know, I know you're Canadian. I'm American. I, I don't remember that being taught in my school either. Um, mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, just, I, I can't remember say, if I heard about it from pop culture as well, or if I yeah. taught it in school, I can't remember. I'd have to say the most research I did on it was, getting ready to podcast about those scenes. So, <laughs> well, luckily stuff like this exists, so it's not going to fade from memory. Yep. Uh, Ralph says he still gets chills at the part where Daniel bows to his sleeping sensei and then heads out uh, to train with Bill Conti's music playing. He calls it the perfect example of how filmmaking can be a great collaboration. They gave him the stage direction on the day that uh, to, to bow. Uh, Avildsen gave him that. In the in the script, it just says Daniel exits after Miyagi mm. goes to sleep. But he taught him to bow, and then, uh, you know, and then he he talks about how like Bill Conti's music coming in there is, you know, it's like a perfect collaboration. How like it just magic was made on the screen. Yes. Um, oh, I had something. I forgot. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> da, 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 da. No edits. He says, uh, oh, this is interesting to learn about Pat Morita. Oh, wait, um, I remember. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, we're talking about, you know, his reaction to his own acting in some of the scenes here. Does he mention how often he watched the movie over the years? Mm. Did he just no. watch it to write this book? <laughs> yeah, right. Does, does um, he regularly check it out? I don't, yeah, that's the thing. I think he says he's been to like several screenings and things. And yeah, he did go through a period of time during like the 90s and the 2000s where he was just trying to get away from it all. And I'm certain he didn't get into it. And, and but he, he didn't say specifically in the book now. Hmm. There's so many actors who, when you hear them talk, um, they always say they don't watch their own stuff. And I don't, I don't think that'd be me. <laughs> I think yeah. I would watch yeah. my own stuff. Okay. I mean, sometimes I listen back to a podcast and I'm like, Hey, that was pretty good. And then of course <laughs> you also pay for it when you're like, Oh God, that's recorded and out on the internet. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next fact I have is Pat about Pat's acting process. Uh, Ralph says he could easily <laughs> snap into a Miyagi character 
and out of it without missing a beat or losing credibility. Uh, he says, quote, he would be deep into an emotional moment. And when the camera cut at any time, he would launch into a barrage of fart sounds or deliver a cross-eyed one-liner with a zing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ralph says it's not so easy for him, but, uh, and that Pat helped him as an actor for getting out of his head and delivering a natural performance because so, Pat just kept keep, keeping him off balance. Funny enough. <laughs> so Pat was no, Pat was no Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're in my light. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has some, oh yeah, this was a talking about. Uh, the, the Pat chapter, uh, or I think there was a couple chapters with Pat. Um, he does reflect on the Cobra Kai episode where Kumiko reads Miyagi's letters nice. and how, you know, that was special for the both of them. Cause Tamalin was also close with Pat. Um, and they said they both felt like Pat was there when they filmed. Um, and this was, this kind of touched me. I, I read the quote. He says, when we finished the scene and the crew was wrapping up all the cameras and equipment we embraced in the middle of the Japanese courtyard we were in and just held each other tightly for a significant moment as if we were not alone. It was just the three of us. Oh. So, oh, like that, that gives me shivers thinking about that now. It comes through in the scene too. That's probably the most, uh, the scene that invokes Miyagi the most in the whole series so far. Yeah. They've, they've done it a few times, but that was the most yeah. successful. Like that fisherman. That was the first one. And, yeah, I think they had uh, one of the most recent season where they go into that room and stuff. But it, uh, yeah, oh, none of it was as good as. Uh, as no, that. no. I mean, just because it's the two of them and the shared history, and you know, and, and both as characters and actors. Um, so, uh, mm-hmm. we got some uh, some uh, shoe facts. That's some Elizabeth shoe stuff here. Uh, <laughs> When when she first auditioned for Allie, she wore a denim jacket that was almost identical to the one that Ralph wore in The Outsiders. I don't know if she mm-hmm. was trying to get his attention or just by by, by style of time. Yeah, it could be. Um, during their scenes, uh, the little voice, remember Daniel's little voice? It's like, that little voice is telling me that, you know, or, yeah. or he's kind of talking to himself. That was something they added in production. They They, they said it was it would help like show Daniel's self-doubt and reflection and wouldn't endear him to the audience. Um, what do you mean? And, it wasn't in the script or they, they yeah. ADR'd it? No, no, it, was, it wasn't in the script and they, they kind of uh, added it in uh, hmm. while, while they were filming or maybe during rehearsal. I, I'm not really sure. And uh, he, he also notes, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is not something that actually uh, carried through to the other movies. You never see Daniel talking to himself in part two or three. Uh, or in Cobra Kai, even um, he's like he w- they, he wishes they did they they did carry that through because it's just I don't know it's kind of funny and also like he says in- endearing you know you're getting inside mm. his head a little bit maybe it went away with his uh, his increase in confidence yeah maybe uh, let's see oh uh, yeah sorry back to shoe facts uh, uh, Ralph has been asked if he and Elizabeth ever dated. He says he was deep in love with uh, his, you know, his wife now, uh, Phyllis at the time. By the way, at the book signing, I saw Phyllis. I saw uh, young Daniel, Daniel Macchio, and yeah. uh, and uh, Julia was there too. Oh, wow. all, so that's all of them. Yeah, that's that's his family. Yeah, they were all there to support. You know, Dad oh, putting out nice. his first book. Yeah, how old is Daniel? Cool. I think he's gosh, he's probably in his twenties. I'd think what you know, <laughs> maybe maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I think he's out of high school. Um, yeah. So he says he was deep in love with Phyllis at the time, but he did go on kind of a non-date uh, with Elizabeth during filming to see all the right moves. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that uh, movie or seen it, but I haven't seen it now. Yeah, it was, uh, it starred his co-star from the outsiders, Tom Cruise. Yeah. And also somebody that, uh, auditioned for Allie uh, at the same time as Elizabeth Shue, which was Leah Thompson. Uh, oh, nice. yeah. So they, it was kind of like, they want to go out and see their friends in a movie, um, or people they worked with. But he also said this was a, like another underdog sports movie. And it would only help them with their characters. And he's, he says that he was like attracted to Elizabeth. Uh, mm. And because of that, it kind of bled over to the romance scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, he does. Helps. <laughs> yeah. He does mention that the big kiss scene at the end was over the top. He, he admits it. Um, his direction from John Avildsen was kiss like the kids do. <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph is just like, I have no idea what that means. And he just went for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, it's oddly fitting to the eighties era era with like big hair and synthesized music. He says, quote, a little heavy handed and a bit much, <laughs> but I, uh, I don't recall their kiss really. What oh, you don't like? remember what you like stuck, like just about s- swallowed her face. Uh, oh, was that the park? stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were talking about like at the very end of the movie. Like, I don't remember. No, they didn't. They didn't kiss at the end. No, she just kind of like goes, Daniel. And yeah, <laughs> you're the best. Um, yeah. So he says he only saw Elizabeth one other time before her appearance in Cobra Kai. Really? Uh, yeah. A Mets World Series game in 1986. And it was a little odd because Karate Kid 2 was in theaters and she was not invited to return. Oof. So they're meeting was friendly but really quick uh and he's he says one of his regrets is like he wishes he would have like thought or to to like acknowledge that maybe she didn't feel very good about not being invited back and you know mm. he's not sure you know how she felt about it whatever you know um we'll have to check her autobiography <laughs> yeah i know wait for her to come out yeah um and when they met on Cobra Kai, like uh, it was, yeah, it was, they met up again at, on uh, on the set of Cobra Kai. And she says that his, her first words to him were, uh, were, oh my God, which they kind of joked about ever since. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, he was, he says they were both surprised how emotional filming those scenes were. And they were so happy to finally uh, redeem Ali's character. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some Billy stuff. Uh, he says he took a lot of beat downs from Billy <laughs> during yeah. the, and he's like, I remember thinking to myself after the very last fight with him that was going to be filmed that like, it says quote, well, at least I don't have to f- deal with that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says, how long will we continue to play Daniel and Johnny? And he says, quote, we'll, de- we'll decide when we've had enough, man. That's like a his quote taking off uh, what Johnny says in the movie. <laughs> I'll decide when he's had enough, man. Uh, the crane, the crane. They did about thirty takes of it from oh, wow. different different angles, and only used one for the movie. And some of those takes, I didn't even notice this. This makes me want to go back right at the beginning of uh, Cobra Kai first first mm-hmm. episode. The crane kick and Johnny taking that hit. 
Yeah, there's new new angles and yeah, yeah. that's. A I lot remember of that reading is... about it when that first episode came out. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was like never before seen footage or whatever. Right, right. I mean, and also it's like you know there there are takes that they took that focused more on Johnny getting getting the kick to the face, you know, and it helps you just seeing it from those angles helps you kind of empathize with, uh, with him. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's, yeah, he does talk about trying to get other roles. He, he says he and Emilio Estevez teamed up to try to audition for 16 candles. Uh, Ralph wanted to be the Anthony Michael Hall character and Emilio wanted to be Jake Ryan, but neither get the, got the part. And Ralph says that he, he doesn't think he got invited to audition for a John Hughes movie after that because he thinks he kind of overdid it as the geek character. Hmm. So <laughs> he also had a meeting with Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg to talk about starring in Back to the Future as Marty McFly. <laughs> but he, he says he thinks his New York accent disrupted it because they were looking for somebody who's like all American, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. is ironic since M- Michael J. Fox is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, he says what might have messed it up is they they asked uh, what he thought, like if he thought the incestuous relationship between mother and son in the movie would be a problem for audiences, and and Ralph just like gave like the simple like, well, as long as it's entertaining, it's probably going to be okay. Which like they were just like looking for something deeper. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what you could say there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, Leah Thompson. I wonder what Michael J. Fox said on the day. <laughs> Man, I, I had a big crush on Leah Thompson. Oh, God, who didn't? Okay. Where is she now? <laughs> uh, I've seen her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Ralph says he has still not seen The Next Karate Kid in its entirety. <laughs> uh, he Will found he? out. Yeah, he found out through the press that Daniel was being replaced. And, uh, and he and Pat weren't really that much in touch during the early nineties. So, uh, he just kind of avoided it. He says he's seen a couple of scenes here and there, but he has never really watched the whole thing. So if you're listening, Ralph, we, we break it down four minutes at a time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I imagine uh, if they're going to bring, you know, that character in him as a producer. He I'm might sorry, Ju- Julie Pierce. Are you, are you, I was, I was, already? I was going to say, should I say Julie or should I say uh, <laughs> Hillary? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I imagine, I mean, he should watch it as a producer, yeah, but sure. will it, will he? <laughs> uh, it says as for the re- reboot, Ralph found out about it through the press. He ended up saying something about preferring original stories when somebody or like a journalist asked him about it, or TMZ or somebody. And of course I got, yeah. What's that? I said, agreed. Yeah. He's like, that got taken out of context, of course, and they made him sound like he hated the idea. And he ends up getting a call from Will Smith. Uh, and then they smooth things over and he gave his blessing. And then Will is like, oh, can you just talk to my son, Jaden, for a little bit? And uh, Ralph said he had a chat with him and, you know, he he wanted to, Will kind of wanted to get that, you know, thumbs up from the actual Karate Kid. Uh, mm. But um let's see uh he does a chapter called frozen in time where he talks about struggling to avoid being typecast that even oh yeah even when he auditioned for my cousin Vinny, someone said we don't need the karate kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) like somebody 
unprofessionally said that. So um, he says it took him a while to see his place in pop culture as a gift rather than a curse, but now he fully embraces it. Good. Uh, the road to Cobra Kai paved was paved with terrible pitches. We talked about the Rocky karate karate kid crossover. Mm, yep. Uh, uh, he says that uh, John Avildsen actually burst out laughing when that was brought to them. <laughs> uh, other pitches included Miyagi dies tragically and returns as a ghost. Uh, Daniel's kid is a bully with a drug problem that he now has to guide like Mr. Miyagi. Uh, and then the another one he mentions is uh, uh, Daniel finds out Allie is pregnant with Johnny's kid. And Dan- Daniel's now married to Kumiko, but still can't deal with it. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So petty. That's even more petty than the what they ended up going with. Right. Uh, he says he had his own idea of, of a sequel before Cobra Kai came along, uh, which, of course, completely ignores part three, <laughs> which he just didn't like. And he says that uh, it, he, he pictured Daniel and Miyagi returning to Okinawa to the women that they love. Yeah, uh, and uh, be something going on with them. He, he he's always asked in conventions before Cobra Kai, "Where's Daniel Larusso today?" And he and he always thought that it'd make the most sense for Daniel to be living in Okinawa with Kumiko. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I like that for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ralph was the last person to be pitched Cobra Kai. Uh, they went to. Uh, Billy and gave him the Johnny Lawrence redemption pitch, which, you know, they, he kind of was pushing for some sort of idea over the years of, of giving Johnny some sort of redemption, having mm. some sort of story about Johnny. Um, and he, so yeah, he says they had to have their ducks in a row before they came to him to see how Daniel fits into the story. He says he's dealt with a few years of the Daniel is the real bully debates, which he says both stung and delighted him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like, are you kidding me? And then it then kind of like looking back and going, you know, that's really funny, you know, <laughs> and uh, how I met your mother, how Barney idolized Johnny Lawrence and didn't like and said Johnny was the real karate kid. Uh, so all that kind of led up to them pitching him Cobra Kai. Uh, but the big three, they showed that they were real fans. They explained the stories they had for Miguel, Robbie, and Sam. So, and, and Ralph felt good about that because it felt like he could, he and he and uh, Billy could leave the show eventually, you know. And and the show would be able to continue on with these kids. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if that's how he feels these days, but that's wh- when he was taking the pitch that he he thought of that. So, uh, but very important to him was that he. He, and like we talked about with the Kumiko letter reading scene, um, he wanted. Now I'm just to, now I'm just picturing uh, Daniel Larusso disappearing like uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker style at the end of <laughs> one of the seasons, like passing on the torch, yes, doing some yeah. badass and then disappearing. <laughs> the bandana falls to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was very important to him that Miyagi's spirit be alive in the show. Uh, you know, some way to honor Miyagi and Pat Morita. It'd have to be a part of Cobra Kai. And yeah, they've done it. Um, he says their first scene together uh, that he and Billy had together were uh, at the, at the Cobra Kai dojo when they face off. Um, mm. He's like, I thought we really had something there. Mm. Um, so he goes over the, the fan theories. Uh, I'll just read his quotes here. So the first one is over the Daniel, the real bully thing that we've talked about extensively on our podcast. He says, quote, 
In a nutshell, a kid who might possess a little feistiness and a tendency not to back down does not make a villain or a bully for that matter. Those personality traits do not warrant the punishment of five-on-one beatdowns and constant berating from a teen karate gang. He's like, you want a real villain? That's Freddy Fernandez. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, yes, perfect. Uh, The other fan question was, uh, was the kick illegal? Uh, he says, quote, now this is a little debatable, his answer here. He says, quote, in the climactic moment, Daniel LaRusso was being charged and attacked by Johnny Lawrence and instinctively jumped to defend himself. Therefore, Johnny literally ran into the kick. The karate kid was forced to defend himself. Remember, karate is for defense only. A defensive move against an intimate attack could not be illegal. And I'll just, I'll just say to that, well, maybe Miyagi rules, but not yeah. tournament rules. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else do I have here? He says, uh, oh, we're back to some Karate Kid filming. Uh, They shot the fishing scene, the balance montage scene, uh, and the learn to punch scene all in the same day. It's all pretty much in the same filming location. Hmm. He says they wanted to get the dunking scene, the one where Miyagi tips him. Um, He wanted to get it in one take because that water was cold. And John Avildsen and Pat Morita teased him relentlessly. Uh, Pat even rocked the boat a bit, uh, but Ralph said he refused to fall until it was for the scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avildsen joked that Ralph jumped out of the water faster than he fell in. <laughs> and then like teased him that, oh, we're going to have to, we might need to reshoot that. Let me look at the daily scene. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that'd be uh, tough. You'd have to get completely dry again before you yeah. set up the new shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Oh yeah. Uh, about his son, Daniel, he says he's not only named after Daniel LaRusso, but also f- his wife, Phyllis's cousin, who was her best friend growing up. Uh, Daniel goes by Dan nowadays, but he did get some harassment growing up, uh, by his peers. So he, Ralph remembered this one moment in little league where, uh, Daniel like tripped rounding third base and the approach, the opposing coach called out down goes LaRusso. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and his son just kind of looking at him like, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, the must not lose to fear scene that they uh, did for Cobra Kai, like calling back to karate kid part three mm-hmm. um, with uh, Ralph and uh, uh, Mary Mauser. He said they shot that on his birthday and it was really special for him because it actually echoed a conversation, not only from that movie, but one he had with uh, uh, Julia, uh, his, his daughter, uh, when she was being bullied. So hmm. he didn't really get into too much deeper than that. But So he, he hates that movie, but he took life lessons from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah he bad. I mean, I'm sure uh, it's it, Karate Kid Part 3 is more in his life these days than anything. Yeah. That's a good scene, regardless of the movie it's from. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that, uh, that acting from, uh, Pat. Uh-huh. Ralph, Last uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ralph says he met one of his favorite directors, Sidney Lumet, uh, who directed, uh, 12 angry men network, uh, dog day afternoon. Um, I think it was like backstage, uh, he was doing uh, a play called Cuba and his teddy bear with Robert De Niro of all people, uh, which was a huge thing for him. But like, he was so excited because the director was like impressed with his performance and was considering him for the role 
of uh, the sun in uh, the movie Running on Empty. Have you ever seen that movie? No. No, it's got uh, Judd Hirsch. Uh, I think it's Mary Beth, uh, the girl from Joe Beth Williams, sorry, from uh, Poltergeist. Uh, Martha Plimpton. And of course, River Phoenix actually got the sun part. He ended up getting uh, an Oscar nomination for that role. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you think he's carrying a grudge against Karate Kid 3. Well, he could not. Uh, take trying to get that part seriously because he was already committed to Karate Kid 3. Dang. Couldn't do it. One Karate Kid scene he wishes he could do over. He says on on the exam table uh, before Daniel LaRusso is going to fight, he says, every time I see uh, – oh, oh no, no, sorry. The quote, the quote where he's like, every time I see those guys, they know they got the best of me. I'll never have balance that way. Not with them, not with Allie, not with me. Um, Avelson actually wanted him to cry during that and mm. he just could not make the, get the tears working. So he, he said like, if you notice, they, they, they shoot me for a close up, but a lot of it is kind of across me to Pat. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of it's concentrating on Pat's reactions because Pat was more on the ball that day. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him uh, work up tears. Right. Right. Maybe it's, I mean, not every actor can do it. Yeah. And of course, they called back to that scene uh, because, you know, yeah, Miyagi does the Miyagi magic. Uh, and in Cobra Kai, uh, they redo it, but then he calls for medic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was actually worried when they shot that, that it was going to be too much for Karate Kid fans, but uh, <laughs> he's, that it was be too much of a joke. Uh, but <laughs> he says the fans ate it up. So, yeah. Uh, he says one huge regret after Karate Kid, he got an invite to present an Oscar with Pat Morita, the same ceremony that Pat was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was so caught up in his worries about being typecast and only being seen as the Karate Kid that he actually passed on doing it. And um, he's like, oh, to this day, like, wish I could have been there to re- represent the film. We were so proud of the film and also to support Pat that day. But Pat ended up going to the Oscars alone <laughs> or maybe with his family, but yeah. Uh, only a couple more things I wrote down here. Uh, Ralph says that nowadays, instead of hearing, Hey, aren't you the karate kid? It's, Hey, aren't you the dad on Cobra Kai? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't imagine that's real, but whatever. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, the last thing I wrote down, which one it was, was one I was very excited about. Ralph mentions that, there have been ideas that have been revolving around Cobra Kai, you know, like how to branch it off, how to make a spinoff. Uh, he's like, do we do like a spinoff of the next generation? Uh, another idea. The next, next generation. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or just, you know, take, take Miguel and Robbie and, and Sam and have their own show or whatever. Or um, he says, there's another, there was another idea that like, let's do a prequel with the original Cobras. <laughs> it's like how they became more jerks. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but he says his personal favorite idea for a spinoff of Cobra Kai is young Miyagi. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, if Ralph wants it, I'm telling you, it's going to (laughs) happen. Been saying it on this podcast over and over again. So, uh, yeah. I hope if it happens, they can do it well. Cause a lot of people, I think as much as they love the show, they're about ready for it to end. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, end it, but also like, let's, let's, it, this story could end, you know, we could, mm-hmm. you know, how many times are you going to have Daniel and Johnny butt heads? Cause that's the original kind of 
part of the show that I think if um, Daniel and Johnny left the show, it would it would be missing something. It would, it would definitely be missing something. Yeah, and if if a young Miyagi show ends up being a thing, I, I would I wouldn't want it to be totally similar to Cobra Kai. I would want it. To oh be no no no. Like, <laughs> like a prestige drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. HBO. <laughs> and you know, everybody, I mean, anybody who's a, a fan of Karate Kid knows Miyagi's story, you know? So how long would you drag that story out? I would, I would think it, would, it should be like a limited series, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, a few episodes with the Sato beef and then a few episodes internment and then mm-hmm. leading up to, uh, working like maybe the, the, his his the last scene will be him walking through the South Seas and uh, picking up a mop or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the book is a, it's actually a pretty short read as as long as it took me to read it. it it's only like two hundred something pages. It it was uh, it was really fun. It was really great getting inside Ralph's head and you know hearing it from the man himself. So uh, highly recommend it to everybody. Um, we had some sort of store i'd I'd sell it there but we don't so i guess just (laughs) (laughs) but uh cool all right well uh that's our discussion about waxing on uh the karate kid in me go pick it up ralph rules super nice guy in person i am so happy not to be let down (laughs) imagine (laughs) if just showing me like after doing this podcast and just being constantly in Ralph and Daniel's corner throughout all so many episodes of this podcast, having me like, ugh, like super, super jerk to me or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Matt, for uh, joining me. Let me talk your ear off about the book. Uh, no problem. It was interesting. And maybe I'll read it eventually. I, I also <laughs> am not a reader. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh, I got to read this book. Um, I love I love reading comic books and I barely even get around to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, tuning into the podcast. You know, stay tuned. We got uh, we got Cobra Kai season six uh, someday. coming someday. <laughs> maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll do the Jaden Smith one eventually. Like just one episode, of course. Uh, maybe besides maybe that, we'll have to review Blue Beetle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start branching off. Well, well, then we'd have to do the. He's all that movie with uh, oh, Robbie right. and maybe you'll thought then. <laughs> I don't know. Blue Beetle might actually call for a bonus episode though. I don't know. Yeah. We'll yeah. see how the reviews are. Just a quick like reaction. We don't have to like break it down scene by scene yeah. or anything. Well, it's kind of. I feel bad for uh, for Jolo because uh, yeah, James Gunn's in there about to nuke all of the DC movies. <laughs> I so know, right? where does that land him? Is his movie even going to come out? I sure hope so. I mean, then again, it could take a Batgirl plunge. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Email us at karate, uh, karate kid minute at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, karate kid minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's other places. It's just, it's been a while and I, I forget, but, uh, uh, okay. See you all next time. On karate kid minute. <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm.